building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. In today's episode, Angela and Patty will be discussing the importance of work-life balance and having more play in daily life and relationships. Angela, I'm excited about this topic and I know you are too. Yes, I have a lot more creativity in my life at the moment, which is so important to me and where and how I play. And I'd like my creative work in creating that work to be more playful as well. I want structures that are flexible and allow more play, even if I have a lot of things and tasks to do. And Patty, I have something really funny to share about this topic. I pulled a card from your Coaching for Inspiration affirmation cards. And I got one that had a second card stuck to the back. So that, yeah, it was so funny. And the top one said, I have work-life balance, which was so synchronous with our topic. And then the second one behind that said, I am achieving work-life balance and it's good for my soul and family. Yes. And, And it's so funny because I've pulled that first one before, but the second one, I've never pulled that card And both of those affirmations are important. The first one, I have work-life balance, makes me focus on what's important for me. And the second one, I am achieving work-life balance and it's good for my soul and family, makes me remember why I'm striving for work-life balance to make my priority my relationships and my soul. So it was really interesting to pull both And I Mm -hmm. I pulled them last week before we were recording in preparation for the topic. So you've got so much to share on the importance of work-life balance, as this is key to how you help people with your coaching and your programs. What are some things to consider if we're thinking about balancing work and play? Well, first, to be truly honest with yourself, do you have work-life balance in your relationships? Are you spending valuable time with your family and close friends? Some say work-life balance is not achievable, while others say you can. What is a balanced life, really? I believe it is what you choose it to be. There are going to be times in your life where we think it can never be achievable. But the question may come, How do you stay balanced when you feel everything is crashing down around you? Well, I'm going to give you an example. You're working on a major work project while trying to balance your home life responsibilities, rushing around as a parent and trying to get all the children's activities in, desiring some quality time with your spouse, craving to eat healthy, and wanting to get enough exercise. It may be time to step back and say enough and refocus on what truly matters. 
So you may ask, what are some steps for creating a little balance? Well, I'm going to give you some tips. Tip one, start saying no. Politely stop saying yes to things you don't want to do. Quit overcommitting yourself. Saying no is good for you, especially when it is something you don't want to do or you are overwhelmed with too many things. Let other people say yes so you can grow and learn. This leaves room to say yes to the fun things in life. Tip number two, setting healthy boundaries, whether it's professional and personal boundaries. They're so essential to clearly identify the limits and responsibilities of everyone. Boundaries reflect what you will put up with in a relationship and what you will not. And communicating your boundaries makes you a happier person because you will not feel so used or mistreated. Tip number three. Stop putting off those difficult or undesirable tasks. Once the task or project is completed, you can move on to more enjoyable tasks and have a great sense of accomplishment. Tip number four, which is one of the hardest ones, leave work at work. Give your mind rest by stepping away from thinking about work. This will help get rid of frustration and give you time to come up with solutions when back at work. Spending time with family and friends and not engaging in work conversations. Take a break and enjoy life outside of work. Tip number five, which Angela and I have talked about in previous episodes. Creating a habit of unplugging. Unplugging helps to reconnect with people around you. Communicate to everyone that you will not be checking your email texts and will not be available during specific times. Yeah, there's so much in all of those five. There is so much in those five tips, Patty. I really appreciate number one, tip number one, where you say politely stop saying yes. Why did you use those words politely stop saying yes versus saying no? What makes people afraid to say no? Well, when you're a people pleaser, you may be afraid to say no and afraid that you'll lose your friends. You're scared of your boss saying no to. They may not give you um, another opportunity so that's where saying no helps people um, get over that fear. So that's why I said say yes, stop saying no, um, politely stop saying yes. It's better to be truthful. Just say, I can't right now. You don't have to tell the full story. You can say just the minimum. You don't have to explain everything or go into an explanation. I'm sorry. I'm just not up to it right now. I have too much going on. People will understand that you're overbooked and 
that's not taking care of yourself. So by saying politely stop saying yes makes it feel more comfortable than being bold and just saying no. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> it softens it. <laughs> yeah, because it did something to my brain. And what came up for me as you were saying that was that, that I've noticed a difference because of coronavirus. Um, because of coronavirus, it's given more excuses to say no to something politely, like, I don't feel comfortable in that situation or to be more concerned about saying yes to something. And during coronavirus, I found it's easier to say no for myself because um, of those concerns. And that has made me reflect on what makes me feel more comfortable saying no. In general, people are more understanding during coronavirus, but the difference for me now in the coronavirus times is I feel more strongly to protect my needs now than I did before the coronavirus and I'm more connected to taking care of me. So if you're listening, you can think about what before coronavirus may you have had difficulty saying no to or politely saying, stop saying yes to. And after coronavirus, what has changed for you? I've noticed that, for example, birthday parties or large gatherings, if people don't come, people are more accepting about that. And Patty, the other tip that really sung for me was tip four, leave work at work. This has been something I'm watching as I work at home. So the boundaries and physical spaces I work at home with and and my relationship with my partner have to dance from me being in work mode to house mode to friend and partner mode and play mode and it's quite an interesting dance what I've done is put different areas in my house for work and I notice that I change those same spaces into play areas because I have a a smaller space so I need different spaces in the home to do pieces of my work some of my work is movement some is healing some meditation some computer work and writing so there's four different types of work I do and I look at how to change the space if I use that same space for living as well as working and the difference I've noticed with my work mode is my brain <laughs> When my partner is home and I'm in work mode, I'm not really relating to him in a very nice way because I'm in work mode and I just want to work. So I've seen how to change my work mode by carving up different spaces in the home. And then I have to tell my partner I'm in work mode and leave me alone. And he still pushes the boundary, but he's very respectful. And when I'm too serious, I ask myself, like you say, Patty, is it really important? Whatever I'm working on that I'm so serious about, is that so important? Usually I'm serious because I'm trying to function or read something that I need to have all of my attention on and I don't want distractions and I can't multitask. 
I'm not good at multitasking and I want to focus 100%. But if I ask myself, if this is so important as I think it is, then usually I find it's not. It's just a matter of focus and boundaries around that focus. And when it's really important to have my focus and my partner wants my attention, I say to him, I have to focus now. Let me focus. I can't listen to you and do this email. This email is really important. I need my brain to work. And then he gets it and he leaves me alone. Angela, that is a great example of how life is when you're working from home and why having boundaries or set work hours helps with those expectations when we are communicating with our friends and family. This relieves a lot of stress and misunderstandings. I have some tips for prepping before a busy work week I would like to share. Pick out your clothes and your children's clothes with shoes and socks the night before. Have them sitting out and ready to be put on in the morning. Set out cereal bowls at the kitchen table. Pour the cereal inside with a spoon and cover with clear plastic wrap. Just add milk in the morning for the children or if the kids are old enough they can pour their own milk. Make lunches the night before. Put them in the refrigerator. You and your children will take them out before leaving in the morning. Have all your school supplies, homework checked, etc., in the backpacks the night before bedtime. Leave them by the front door or in the car. That way you don't forget them. Have all food items in a crock pot put in the refrigerator. In the morning, take it out of the refrigerator and plug it in to cook. Look up crock pot recipes for the week and shop for those items ahead of time. The night before, look at your calendar and see what after school activities are happening and plan for it. Do your children need to bring anything for these activities? Have them out and by the front door or put them in the car so you don't forget them. The night before, check your work calendar to review if you need to have anything prepared or take into work that day. If so, have it prepared and ready to take with you. Having everything prepped the night before saves you rushing around in the morning and being late or forgetting something important. There's no family drama with getting the kids dressed. Older children can pick out their clothes the night before and have them out and ready. Make sure they do it and it becomes a routine. This will reduce the yelling and frustration in the morning and the stress level. Everyone knows the routine and things go smoothly and less stress for all. You reminded me of an old black and white film by the 30s, in the 30s. It's called Cheaper by the Dozen. <laughs> Two-parent family with 12 kids. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And I love the way they make breakfast. It was like every child has a role. And those who didn't at breakfast had a role at another time of day, like bath time. But they really knew what their own individual responsibilities were. Patty, what are the benefits of getting the kids to start young 
with all these preparation habits? How, how young do you start with the kids? Well, I feel the sooner the better. By starting them young, they have a habit and they don't know any different difference. So it makes it a lot easier than trying to break old habits and making new habits. Great. Angela, what are some strategies on how to add play into our lives? This question was interesting for me to think about because one of the simplest strategies is to spend five minutes clearing your brain of all the things you have to do or should do. I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And take five minutes to clear out the brain. If any of you have watched Harry Potter movies, they have a ponciev, which means to think. I think it means something like that in French. And Harry Potter takes the wand and clears out the brain. And this strategy is so simple. It's been done for thousands of years. And you literally clear out the brain of all the practical things that you're supposed to do and you just breathe and connect to yourself and that practice of clearing out your head of all of the things you have to and just breathing and connecting to yourself it sounds really obvious but <laughs> it does actually start the brain's ability to just allow itself to play and I found over the years, the simplest strategies last in your life as foundational pieces. The other strategies just don't. So practicing connecting to myself in the morning or regularly throughout the day and clearing my head and approaching my have tos or any project, um, if I have struggles with that project, I just go, okay, stop. I clear out my head of all the have to's or you should's and then I re-approach that task more playfully. And what happens by breathing and connecting is my brain becomes more clear and playful naturally. I don't do anything fancy and I re-approach the task. The task gets finished quickly and instead of the hours of worrying about something, the task is resolved very quickly. I've done this with emails. I've done it with major scheduling projects where I've had to schedule out tasks in a, in a much shorter time than I imagined it would be done. So play becomes something that happens because I have uh, spare time after finishing tasks and the way I approach the task becomes playful. So play for me is much more about the way you use your brain and approach life. Another way to, or strategy to add play is daydreaming, which has also been done for thousands of years. And many of you would have done it naturally as children at school when you look out the window at school, because school can be boring <laughs> for kids. So instead of uh, watching your phone, this daydreaming can be done at any time of your life. When you have spare time, you stare into space or you can stare out the window. If you have sky, blue sky or 
or the sky is very good or trees and you let your eyes wander into the distance and you see where your imagination goes. If you're stressed, your mind will resist this activity, but your mind, if you start to let your eyes wander, will also show you images of stress or thoughts of stress. But with practice, daydreaming can actually start to go beyond those thoughts. So repetition's key with daydreaming. And you can also use a question like, how can I add more play? <laughs> And you just allow that question to float through your mind. How can I add more play and see what comes up as you stare into space, into nothingness. And the mind will start giving you ideas or images and even some funny ideas or strange ideas. So if you come from a life where you are expected to be serious, play can be difficult for you. Maybe you don't allow yourself to play. Maybe you need permission to play. Maybe you need a purpose for play. So give yourself a purpose for the play. The purpose for play could be I'm stimulating my creative mind or I'm discovering lateral thinking and new ways of coming up with solutions. What does play mean for you? What will it add to your life? This can be a great way to encourage play as an opportunity to invigorate your life. Play for me is just letting yourself explore and you're exploring your world and yourself. And there's a desire to learn about the world or yourself or someone else. So play can be doodling, reading a story and imagining what you would do if you were one of those characters in the story. I spent hours when I grew up doing just that. And some of you may know people who dress up as characters from movies and books. And play can be sports, games, hobbies that have no other outcome except to explore and play with a structure so that you can discover what's possible. One example is kids or adults in a sports team. It's not always about winning in a sports team. It's about learning how to be confident in your body, about working as a team, discovering new ways to use your mind and your body, learning how to communicate to achieve something, supporting your teammates, celebrating others and having fun. Patty, you said something to me earlier that some people actually don't understand what play is. Why is that? Society is so structured in overachieving that we've lost the sense of play. Children and adults need downtime to explore who they are, have some fun, get silly, and create happiness. Yeah, that to me is a foreign idea because play has always been <laughs> a center of my life. However, when I did your 21 Days Work-Life Balance program, I learned something that was important for play and it was structure and I, I learned that I need to set limits on work time and actually schedule play time which gave a structured time for that play um, so I learned that I could plan a vacation mm -hmm. or I could schedule meditation which I, for me is play and I could also schedule my sleep hours 
and focus on sleep so I could have balance in my life and play could happen naturally. And if you want to play, you can also add a regular class or a regular activity into the schedule to add play. It could be art or singing, dance, movement, and you can try a movement class with me. I have the link in the show notes. In, in those classes, we discover new ways to relate with your body and we use play as a, a new way of looking at the body and the imagination as a way to enter the body in a different way. Structured classes are good ways to discover how to add that play in your life. When I had regular dance classes, we would play regularly every week, three times a week. And over the years, the benefits I saw from that structure of regular playtime was my brain had new ways of problem solving. I would get creative instead of reductive in my brain when I came to stress. So even in dangerous times, I could be creative. I wouldn't go into negative brain habits because my mm -hmm. mind had learnt how to explore and try something new and actually problem solve in a way that was fun or unlimited. And I also learned from the, that regular play, I could release really good endorphins that manage stress and stop my mind from going into negative habits when problems come up. Yes, life will be chaotic, hectic, and disappointing at times. But having some strategies will soften the experience. How we react to these is what determines our happiness. Remember to put some of these suggestions into practice and not forget to step back, breathe, enjoy your life. Remember to schedule playtime with family and friends and let go of what does not matter and live your life to the fullest. Do you want more balance and play in your life? If yes, I have a 21-day work-life balance program. We will share the link in the show notes. Also, if you're interested in my affirmation cards, we will have the link in the show notes as well. I also have a mini course called Work-Life Balance Hacks for Busy Leaders Who Love Their Career But Want More in Life. This course is for leaders who are crazy busy working 24-7 and want more in their life. Seven easy hacks to create some personal life balance. The link will be in the show notes as well. And if you want to dance with me, you can find out more about the online movement classes with Angela by going to the link in the show notes as well. If you have a topic or a question for us, please leave us a comment or voicemail message on the Anchor app. You can also listen to this podcast on most major podcast listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Do you enjoy our podcasts? If so, what about becoming a monthly supporter? Click on the support button in the Anchor app. 
by supporting this podcast with your donations, it will help Angela and I produce future episodes. And we really want to thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the anchor donate button. We really value your feedback. Thank you.